welcome to the Live Healthy with Laura podcast, where being healthy no longer has to be so hard and dieting and restricting and stressing every day. Yeah, those are things of the past. Allow me to help you dive into freedom and apply simple, practical strategies to your life that will help you become the happy, healthy, and vibrant person you have always dreamed of being. Welcome back. We are here at episode 24, which blows my mind. We are six months into this podcast. Um, I can't believe that. I started this over the summer and here we are in a new year. And today I'm talking about something that this this topic, um, diabetes, was requested. Um, this episode is called How to Reverse and Prevent Diabetes Naturally. But a friend of mine requested this episode and so I just want to sh- just throw out there to you all, if you have a health topic in mind you'd like to hear more about or hear my take on, please send it my way. I love, I love requests. Um, and I love to hear what interests you. Um, so yeah, send it my way. Uh, but today I'm just going to jump right in because this one is, I think, going to be a really good episode. And I, I, I just want to encourage you to... Listen in, even if you don't have diabetes yourself, because I guarantee you, somebody in your life does. But also, I'm not just talking about diabetes per se, because really, I want to live in a way, I want us all to live in a way that is helping, you know, I want us to help our body prevent cancer, prevent disease, prevent diabetes, to prevent all of these things that can happen when we don't care for ourselves. And there's certain little tweaks we can make along the way in our life, right? There's certain little things we can do every day that really add up. And that's what I just want to keep saying. There are so many things we can do in just our, you know, everyday life that makes such a difference. We always, we always think, you know, we have to set the bar really high and we need to do these big extremes or these cleanses or whatever, it's not about the marathon. It's about the little, the little changes you make in your everyday. So all that being said, the reason I'm so pumped to talk about diabetes, and I've wanted to talk about this for a while, is because it's a growing epidemic, you guys. It's, it's actually really scary what's happening in our culture. Um, so one out of 10 of adults, one out of 10 adults, excuse me, statistically have it now, which is a huge, huge number. So... In fact, half of my clients have diabetes. And, you know, it's it's something that I would love to see change. I would love to see this statistic change in the next few years. So let's just cut straight to the chase. And let me tell you that diabetes simply means high blood sugar, okay? That uh, high blood sugar that remains in the bloodstream and gets stored as fat. So yeah, you heard me right. If you have high glucose... Even if you don't have diabetes, if your blood sugar consistently stays high, you are retaining fat. Okay, point blank. So I'm going to help you reverse that today. So even if you're not diabetic, hear me out, I'm still going to help you feel better and get in better shape and make little changes that are going to really impact your life and your fitness goals and your overall health. So um, it all starts with the pancreas, okay? We're going to get a little scientific for a minute, but if, if we don't understand the whole picture of what's really happening, then it's hard to get like, it's hard to keep going and just get straight to the, back, the bottom of it and figure out, oh yeah, I need to do this and this. But if we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes, I feel like it's important to educate ourselves. So it, it starts with the pancreas. We have this 
we have this organ and it's behind the stomach in the upper left part of our stomach, our abdomen, and it's about six to 10 inches long. <clears throat> so this organ does several things from producing enzymes to break down our food to producing insulin, um, among other hormones to help our body basically use our food, use our glucose, the food, our food, the food we eat gets converted into glucose. So the pancreas produces a hormone, insulin, that helps our body actually be able to, it allows us to actually break down our, our food and have energy to do all the things we need to do and for our body to function. So it's a pretty big deal. Now there's type one and type two diabetes. <clears throat> type one is typically an autoimmune um, disease that is typically discovered when you're quite young. A lot of the times it's genetic. There's really nothing you did to cause it. Um, and that makes up only about 10% of the population. So the other 90% of the diabetic population are type two. The bad news is this is 90% of the time self-inflicted based on diet, based on a few other factors we're gonna go over, based on lifestyle, right? So that's bad news, but the good news is, here's the good news. We can do something about it. We can reverse this cycle. We can totally heal our body. Or if we're on the edge and we are told, hey, you're pre-diabetic, we can step far away from the edge if we can just make some small changes. I mean, I I have clients get off their medication um, and find freedom in this area. And it's so rewarding for me to see that these people that were once believing they were gonna be on insulin the rest of their life are now no longer injecting themselves. They're feeling 10 times better, their energy's back, they've regained or they have this whole new quality of life that they maybe never had before and an appreciation for their health. So <clears throat> it's very, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, something in my throat. Um, it's so rewarding, right, to see like, wow, this person just gave their body the tools they needed and their body healed themselves. How crazy cool is that? That's why I love my job because from a holistic stance, you know, you look at the underlying factors, you look at what's happening behind the scenes and a lot of the times, it's just our body requires some tweaking. Our body requires us to stop sabotaging itself or uh, sabotaging ourselves or and it re requires us to give it certain nutrients and then poof, we're healed, like our body's able to function um, like it's supposed to. So um, insulin, again, is a hormone, and hormones' jobs are basically just to communicate to the body. So hormones communicate amongst each other and to the body, and they send signals. So again, insulin's released by the pancreas. <clears throat> when we eat any, any type of food um, or any type of food that contains any form of calories, it's converted into glucose. When that glucose is detected, insulin, our pancreas releases insulin, and insulin is essentially the key to the cell. So I like to just kind of give a visual. It's like you're, look at, imagine you're at a high school and there's all these students in the hallway, we're between classes, right? It's like 100 kids, 200 kids in the hallways, it's crazy, but then the bell rings and then, oh, Everybody's in the classroom and before you know it, the, the hallway is completely clear again. That's insulin's job. Insulin's job is to knock on the door of all the classrooms and let the students in. 
knock on the door of the cells and let the glucose in. So you don't want glucose to remain in your bloodstream for very long. You don't. And that's why when you're diabetic, you know, you see, ooh, this person has really high glucose. Well, what's happening behind the scenes? The uh, cell is not getting the memo that there's insulin knocking at the door. So the, um, the insulin receptors are kind of numb. And the way I like to explain this as well is kind of like, again, another visual. Imagine you walk into a really loud rock concert, right? When you first walk into that rock concert, you're blown away. You're like, this is crazy loud. I can't even sit here. I need earplugs. Oh my gosh. But then a few minutes later, huh? It's not so loud anymore. You're just kind of numb to it. You're kind of used to it. Or if you're a mom of, of little babies, right? Like when they're screaming and yelling, sometimes people walk in your house, they're like, do you hear that? And to you, it's just what you're used to. So you can numb it out. It's the same thing when we become insulin resistant, which I'm going to talk about, which is reversible by the way, but we don't want our insulin receptors to numb out. We don't want them to stop getting the memo. And when they do, we become pre-diabetic and then eventually diabetic. It's very, very dangerous. Now, extra glucose left in our bloodstream, extra students in the hallway, whatever you wanna, whatever picture works for you, those extra glucose molecules get stored as fat. So it's not good news when our pancreas is not doing, uh, when our insulin's not able to do its job. It's not good news, especially for us that are trying to lose weight, trying to feel good, trying to have energy. Because it, here's the thing, when our cells are not getting the memo, we might be eating, right? But we're still hungry. Why are we starving all the time? Why are diabetics so hungry all the time? Or pre, those in, um, that are told they have pre-diabetes. Again, you might be eating, but your cells and your body is not registering that meal because they're not getting the nutrients. They're not able to have the, the nutrients, the glucose enter um, the cell. So your body actually keeps asking for food. And also it keeps asking for more insulin. It thinks, wait a minute, something's wrong here. I don't really understand. Um, uh, there's glucose in my bloodstream for whatever reason. It's not being able to enter the cell. So let's ask the pancreas to send more insulin. It's a really <clears throat> vicious cycle. And um, yeah, so it's typically lifestyle um, inflicted. And thankfully, most cases are reversible. You know, my, my dad and I, he's a great family physician in the area and we work together and I love, love, love my job and I love how we work together because he is a very preventable, preventable, excuse me, prevention um, set mindset. Like he wants to prevent people from having to go on medication. Um, he wants to help clients or patients get off medication and he believes that there's an underlying you know, cause and most of the time and he knows there's things we can do in our lifestyle. So he sends them to me um, and uh you know, I work with a lot of his patients and I've helped them get off medication. Or if they if they are at the edge and they're pre-diabetic, I help them get away from the edge. Um, and it's just so rewarding. But yeah, so with type 2 diabetes, it's typically lifestyle inflicted. And there's the cases, there's typically lots of insulin, but the insulin receptors are just not getting the picture. So Sometimes we may actually not be insulin resistant with type, with diabetes, but it comes down to the fact that due to our diet, so say our insulin receptors 
are, are, are awake, they're not numb. But because we are eating really high sugary foods, simple carbohydrates, processed foods, lots of sugar, things that spike our glucose through the roof, our pancreas just can't keep up. So that's one scenario. So one scenario with diabetes is that they're numb, our insulin receptors are numb, and then the other is it just can't it just can't meet the demand of how much insulin we need to produce. Our pancreas can only produce so much, but you know, based on our diet and the amount of glucose we are, you know, putting into our bloodstream, it's overwhelmed. So it's it's there's a two part. Um, but there's there's really when it comes down to it, there's four or three things that um I see that cause diabetes, type two diabetes. Um the number, the top three things are constant stream of high glucose. Again, when that stream of glucose is just so high for such a period of time, eventually our insulin receptors start plugging their ears and numbing it out. Um, and then inflammation, you're going to hear me talk about inflammation in probably every episode because it's the root of all evil. Uh, inflammation is, is unfortunately causing your cells to become more insulin receptive. I'm sorry. <laughs> insulin resistant. So if you are inflamed, if you have a high inflammatory diet, um, you are actually um, causing your cells to not be able to do their job, your insulin receptors. So high glucose, a steady stream of high glucose, inflammation in the body, and the last part is stress. Why would stress play a role? Well, we've talked about this. You heard my story about the time I was at the Dollar General, right? And then um, I had that fight or flight situation and I felt very threatened. What happens when we feel like we're, when we're under a lot of stress, again, our body doesn't recognize the difference or know what's going on. All it knows is we're stressed. So it actually tries to prepare our body to fight or flight by dun 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 putting more glucose into our bloodstream to give us quick energy. So when we are constantly stressed, our body's constantly working to put more glucose into our bloodstream, raising our blood sugar. Um, I actually had a client yesterday and we were talking about this and, you know, we were going through the, I always look at the patterns and, you know, what what did you eat when this blood sugar number was, you know, when, when this uh, number occurred, what had you eaten before or what had gone on in your day? And it's interesting, you know, they might be eating really well, but if they have a really stressful day, a lot of the times they notice their glucose is going haywire because your body's like, I don't know why you're stressed. I just know I need to protect you. So I'm going to send extra glucose your way. Um, and so, or into your bloodstream. So stress is a huge trigger for diabetes because if you're chronically stressed, your body's constantly trying to raise your blood sugar or add extra blood sugar into your bloodstream. And if you already have a not so great diet and then you add stress on top of that, it's the perfect storm. So, um, yeah, so we want to have a preventative men uh, mindset. We want to think, ahead of the game. We don't want to get there. We don't want to have diabetes hit us in the face. Um, it's so scary what can happen. It's, I mean, it truly can kill you. And I mean, it's happened. It's happened to people I know. And I, it can cause everything down to nerve damage. It can cause those certain people to lose their vision. I mean, it's, it's really not, it's nothing to, to joke about. And so, 
Um, you know, yeah, you know, I have, um, you hear about people losing total limbs with diabetes. I just think it's the saddest thing, but these sugar molecules literally block the artery circulation that are connect, you know, in connection with the nerves. So they, the nerves have no blood flow. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, um, with, with your blood sugar, if you're concerned at all, you can request a blood test in A1C, which is a three month. Um, it's like your diabetic number, but it's like a three month average glucose number. And just to throw some numbers at you under 5.7 is considered non-diabetic. I'm sorry. Under 5.6 is non-diabetic. 5.7 to 6.4 is considered pre-diabetic and 6.5 or higher is an indication that you have diabetes. Now, again, just to give you hope, if you get a really awful A1C number on your blood work, um, you're not doomed. You can reverse it. If it's type 2, you can reverse it. And that's that's the beautiful thing, right, with nutrition. And when we just learn to treat our body well, it can do what it's supposed to. So it all comes down to we have to wake up these receptors or not let them numb out in the first place, right? That's the biggest thing like that I'm trying to get at, that if we can just avoid our receptors from ever, you know, phasing us out or phasing our insulin out, then we're not going to end up in this situation. Um, but the question is, how do we do this? What are four things? What are my top four things that we that we could do in a day's time to reverse or prevent diabetes? Well, here they are. The first thing is we, of course, have to check in with our diet. High glycemic index foods, white carbs, white sugar, uh, processed foods. On a routine basis, um, these are going to, again, they're going to want to cause our insulin receptors to want to numb out. Again, it's not what you do once in a while. It's what you really do um, every single day. So 80-20, if you have a splurge meal a week, which is totally fine and actually good for your metabolism, that's fine. If you have a little treat every day in combination with protein, that's fine. But if you are constantly hounding the chips and then the cookies and then the ice cream and then the soda and all of the things... You guys, we're literally at, we're, we're asking for it. And so um, we have to be careful. And then, you know, sugar in general, we talked about inflammation. It encourages our body to produce more inflammation. And that's what the next thing I'm going into. So we have to check in with our diet. We want to eat low glycemic index foods. Eat a plant-based diet 80% of the time. It will all work itself out. I can't even say that enough. Like if you're eating whole foods, your body can recognize you're not going to be in this predicament. You will not. And, uh, you know, there's lots of fiber in, in protein and, uh, protein in plant-based foods, and we have to give them more credit than we do. Um, you can all, you know, I'm not saying only plant-based, of course, I love meat. I love eggs and all of that in moderation. But if you're trying to clean up your diet, 80% of it needs to be from plants. Okay, just simply put, we want to be eating from nature, from the ground up, and our body will heal. The next thing we need to do, though, is really check in with our inflammation because, again, insulin um, resistance a lot of the times is triggered from um, inflammation. So, and then inflammation that contributes to this insulin resistance triggers more fat storage. But get this. The fat cells on their own then trigger more inflammation, which then exasperates 
insulin resistance. It's literally a nasty chain reaction that nobody wants. So one thing a lot of people don't know is insulin in the same way cortisol is, it's an anti-inflammatory. It actually reduces inflammation. But when there's a deficiency, it can't enter the cell and lower the inflammation. It can't enter it and do its job. So it's this chain reaction. And then we just stay inflamed, right? So we need to do everything we can to check our diet, check our stress, um, you know, check, check in with our body. And if we are inflamed, we need to get down to the source. Um, again, you know, there's four things I recommend. And the third is something I already talked about, but stress. Um, stress, which I just mentioned, is not your friend, but cortisol, our stress hormone, signals the body to raise glucose. I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. If you are chronically stressed, if you're walking around with a stress level at a seven or an eight, most of the time, then you're you're really truly uh, asking your body to go uphill 24 seven, and it's it's struggling, and your blood sugar probably isn't okay. You might notice that you have times, uh, you know, where you're feeling energized, but all of a sudden you notice you crash, you know, you can crash really hard. I mean, to the point where you almost feel lethargic. That's an indication you, of your glucose being really imbalanced. You need to check in with that. Um, stress is going to impact every aspect of your life and every organ in your body. I cannot say that enough. And stress triggers inflammation. So I hope you see this chain reaction here. So number one, check in with our diet try to eat plant-based, watch the high glycemic index foods because back to the, the plant-based diet, when we're eating close to nature, our body burns those that glucose slowly over a period of time, um, especially when we combine it with protein and healthy fats. Protein and healthy fats stabilize our glucose. Um, so when we're just eating carbohydrates on their own, we have a huge spike of, of glucose and then a crash. We don't want that. Um, it's going to wear our body out. And again, we're going to end up with numb insulin receptors or our pancreas is just going to not be able to keep up. Then we have to check in with our inflammation. Of course, um, it could be, you know, I will tell you, you might have an ongoing infection. You might've had a virus, um, certain things, COVID actually, they're finding a ton of new cases of diabetes since COVID those that have had COVID. Um, so, you know, inflammation, we've talked about that, but it can come from many different sources. Third, check in with our stress. And the last thing I'm going to tell you guys before I give you a few more tidbits is strength training. If you're not strength training, you're, you're really setting yourself up for a good chance of having unstable glucose, whether or not you're you know, you know, you're a diabetic or, I mean, you have diabetes in your family or you're even worried about diabetes at this point, your blood sugar for anybody will not be as stable if you are not doing strength training. And why is this? Is this something I want to explain? So have you ever heard of, not heard, have you ever seen like an overflow room? I'm just picturing like my church right now, you know, we have the auditorium and then we have an overflow room when there's too many people for the, in the auditorium that they go into this overflow room. Well, this is what our, our muscles act as that overflow room for excess glucose. And this is really interesting. A lot of people don't understand this. You know, they're going crazy on the treadmill. They're doing all this cardio. 
but they're missing out on the strength training and building up that lean muscle. When you build up lean muscle, you're actually um, expanding your overflow room. So the reason this is, is when we eat, you know, and we say our cells are working properly, right? We get our insulin, opens the key, opens the door, our cells have plenty of glucose, but then there's a leftover amount. Like, hey, we actually got all we need. This is the leftover amount of glucose. Well, that leftover glucose gets converted into something called glycogen. And glycogen is basically a stored form of glucose that gets stored in 25% our liver, but 75% our muscle mass. So the more muscle you have, the more excess glucose you can store. And the less muscle mass you have, the less glucose you can store. And then if you're not able to store it, I guess, again, it remains in your bloodstream and you end up with high blood sugar levels. So the the number one workout I recommend for my clients is strength training or Fit20, which is what I do. I'm obsessed with that because we're building lean muscle and we're giving our extra glucose a place to go. And when you're done working out, your blood sugar is still maintained because over over a period of time, your your body's trying to maintain that muscle, right? It's trying to actually rebuild it, which requires more glucose to leave your bloodstream and enter the muscle. So it's this whole thing of that our body wants to maintain the muscle, so it burns more glucose to maintain the muscle, plus we've just made our storage room that much bigger. So the more muscle you have, the more fat and glucose you burn. So please, 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 if you're going to work out, if you only have 15 minutes and you have to pick one, please pick the strength. Please pick the strength training. Um, and last thing too, I just wanna mention, diabetes can not only harm us in the present tense and make us you know, miserable and give us all these extra doctor's visits to go to, but later down the road, it's linked to cardiac disease and Alzheimer's disease, um, a bunch of other, diseases. So we want to, our goal is longevity. Our goal is to be around for a long time, feeling our best. And we want to live with a preventative mindset. So a few more things we can do, just little tidbits, add lots of fiber to our diet. Fiber is going to stabilize your glucose. It takes your body longer to break down. So you're not getting that huge spike. Same with healthy fats. And then omega-3s, DHA and EPA, these really, really, really tone down inflammation. So again, we want, if we can check in with our inflammation, make sure that we're uh, maintaining a healthy level, we're not inflamed, we will actually be able to burn glucose more efficiently. Vitamin D helps uh, maintain healthy blood sugar, um, including protein at every single meal or snack is gonna help your body break that meal down much slower. Um, cinnamon, this is interesting, but I have most of my clients taking Kylon cinnamon um, capsules or sprinkling it on their food. They don't exactly know why, but it does wake the insulin receptors up. It's it's incredible. Um, in fact, they've tested many like clients that will have a certain dessert. One will have cinnamon sprinkled on top, the other will not, and their blood sugars are completely different. So it really slows the um, secretion of glucose and it it wakes up your insulin receptors. So there's still science going on. There's still like lots of tests going on and studies behind that. All we know is it works. And Kylon cinnamon, um, as opposed to Cassia cinnamon, is the most potent. Last couple of things, apple cider vinegar and lemon juice 
We need to keep our gut healthy. It's very important. And they also both help stabilize blood sugar as well. And that that 12 hour fast that I keep talking about, we want to make sure like we talked about the students in the hallway, they don't need to be in the hallway all the time, right? They need to go to class. We need to make sure we have enough time where our hallway is clean. So that 12 hour fast is really, really important to wake our insulin receptors up or keep them, keep them in tune. Um, grazing small meals throughout the day, totally opposite, but opposed to the 12 hour fast when we are awake, we want to be eating smaller meals throughout the day to keep our blood sugar stable. We want to avoid the spike and we want to avoid the crash. Um, we want to manage our stress. And lastly, again, if you think you could have an infection, if you've had a virus, um, just take note of that. If you notice you eat a meal and your heart, you know, is pounding, um, you know, if you notice that your you know, you feel different when you eat. Take note of that. Go go to the doctor. And um, again, certain um, viruses have shown, especially COVID, to um, increase your risk for diabetes down the road. Um, so just, here's the thing. I just want us to stop treating the symptoms. I want us to live in a preventative, with a preventative mindset and say, what can I do today? to keep me from the edge or hey if you're if you're a diabetic right now i'm telling you there is hope for you if you really work at it one day you could get off your medication if your doctor lets you and you get your blood sugar stable and for a good amount of, of time consistently your doctor most of the time lets you get off your blood uh, your insulin and your diabetic medication and then you can go on with your life so that's what i want for my clients that's what i want for you i also, just anybody that wants to take better care of themselves, we need to check in with our body. We want to make sure that we're not on the edge. Get your yearly physical, get your blood work done, check your A1C, make sure you're doing okay. And uh, yeah, and like I said, pay attention. If your body's speaking to you and something feels off again, very likely is off. So go get it checked out. But I hope this was helpful for you guys um, and just know there's hope and I just hope together we can change this culture for the better. So share this episode with a friend um, and I will check with you guys, check in with y'all next Monday. Bye. Thank you so much friends for joining me today for another episode on the Live Healthy with Laura podcast. I hope something I said today encouraged you to care for your body, your mind, and your spirit in a way that will allow you to feel your best and have the energy you need to show up the way you want to in this world and make an impact. If something I said today did resonate with you, would you do me a favor and share it with others on your social media and tag me at live underscore healthy underscore with underscore Laura or copy and paste this podcast link and send it to a friend via text. It's my mission to help change the world for the better, and I'm hoping you will feel inspired to do it alongside me. And if you like these episodes and are interested in learning more about the Live Healthy with Laura lifestyle, then check out my website at www.livehealthywithlaura.com for lots of blog posts and healthy recipes created by yours truly. Lastly, you can also check out the three books I have written now available wherever books are sold. Thank you so much, friends, once again for being here, and I cannot wait to talk to you next Monday. 